Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about that one thing that we're all bound by, books. I'm Danielle Bannister, and today I am joined by one of my co-hosts, Sherry Hayes. Hello, Danielle. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. Well, today we are going to be talking about SEX. (laughs) Daniel and I thought this would be a a fun topic. Of course, it's in books. We're not going to be talking about actual, you know, our sex lives here. We're going to be talking about our characters' sex lives. But since Danielle and I have both written some steamy romances, we thought, you know, why not? (laughs) Why not? So we'll see. Um, We're going to talk about what it's like to write these scenes, you know, and why we feel they're important in fiction. So if you have little ones around or you might be at work listening to this podcast, you may want to put some headsets on, headphones on, just, you know, (laughs) pause the podcast, maybe go put some headsets on. So, you know, the little ears around you do not hear. (laughs) May not be suitable for work, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the lights uh, on sort of type of, of sex scenes in fiction is something that I've only recently done um, in my titles. I have 16, uh, titles out but I've only sort of recently started to do those types of scenes um, in the first hundred kisses and then the sequel the second hundred kisses so just the last few years but you you've been writing these types of threads a little bit longer do you remember what your first sex scene in a story was I do okay (laughs) kind of uh kind of anyway uh, my first sex scene was actually for a fan fiction that I wrote. It was a fan fiction for Prison Break. And <laughs> it, it was it was a little odd to write it the first time, but it, you know, it got really great responses. So I was like, okay, I must not be bad at it. I, the awkwardness for me was a little more to do with am I doing, am I writing this right? Is it going to sound quirky, you know, or, you know, is it going to be any good? Right. So I'd read romances my entire life. I, well, I was my since I was 12. Mm-hmm. I'd written romances since I was 12. I was 30 at the time, around 30 at the time when I um, wrote Moving Forward. So it wasn't like I was, you know, like right out of high school or right. anything. Yeah. But it's a lot different reading them than writing them. Yes. You know, reading them, you can get totally into, you know, the characters and the scene and get caught up in the emotion. And while you can kind of do that when you're writing it, you got to pay a lot more attention to the details of where hands and arms and legs and other appendages happen to be. <laughs> yes. There, there is, a, there is a lot of that sort of thing that you have to pay attention to. Sometimes yes. it's an extra hand that shouldn't be there. It's like, whoops. <laughs> or, or they're like so contorted, like you know, one minute they're up here, on, you know, kissing, and then the other time they're like down at their feet. I'm like, okay, how did you get down there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take. Now, I have read the first one hundred kisses, uh-huh. and there is some sexy stuff in there. But they do not actually have intercourse, <laughs> which I found a little bit interesting. So what, what's up with that? Why, why'd you decide uh, to do that? You know, it's 
through. Um, they don't have sex sort of in that sort of traditional sort of penetrative sense, but there is release okay there's there is lots of sort of release uh, okay so there is fulfillment so there is that so not, but, just a, not just a big tease then. right it's not it's not a blue ball <laughs> sort of book there there is there is satisfaction in that but the reason that I did not have them cross that threshold was it was part of the plot. Um, one of the characters in the story happened to be a virgin and they wanted to wait right. until marriage. And so that was a line in the sand that they had sort of drawn. And I didn't want to cross that line because that was an important thing for this character. So I, I didn't uh, do that, but I, I did want him to sort of ride that line so to speak as 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 yes he definitely <laughs> rides that line very much so <laughs> right right so I mean part of it was for for character development but the other I think the other part of it was is that I really wanted to to challenge myself could mm -hmm. I write uh, a story that was about sort of foreplay? Could could writing about th the stuff that happens before sex be just as exciting as the act itself? And I think it can be. And I, I'm hopeful that that book sort of shows that, you know, it can be more than just the four or five thrusts. You know what I mean? There, there can right, be more. Right, right. No, I, I completely agree with that. My first published novel. So this wasn't my first story moving forward because that was fan fiction. Right. My first actual published novel, strictly professional, it is full of angst. Mm. I mean, full of angst. These two, well, I mean, they do end up having sex in the book. You know, it's not, it is definitely a solely sexy romance. However, they, they tiptoe around it quite a bit before they actually get there. I mean, I think we're, I think they are like halfway through the book before they even kiss. Well, but see, you know, I, I like that sort of thing. I love a, a good slow burn, you know, there, there can be so much sexual tension that, that revolves around things that aren't yeah. said, or just how two bodies mm -hmm. sort of move in space together. I mean, that's, kind of sometimes my favorite type of story the one that sort of teases me and sort of leads me to a really good payout yeah that's that's my biggest thing I think we talked about this in one of our previous podcasts with my biggest issue with Twilight was because you you built it up so much and yeah. then we got nothing yeah. nothing there I'm were like, reasons I, for it that did not I, have anything to do with the story which is yes. why it doesn't work well but yeah right right so I you know <laughs> I just it, it's worth it as long as there's a payout that's that's where my line is it's you can yeah. you can tease me all you want I but <laughs> buddy there had better be a payout at the end of it. I yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now, now correct me if I'm wrong, uh. but the second book in that series, because I haven't read that one yet. Right, right. The second 100 Kisses even gets a little steamier than that, right? But they still don't have sex. <laughs> Am I right? They don't. don't My poor readers. <laughs> <laughs> 
my poor readers they still do not have sex but again it was it was because of the plot point so the first book is is sort of these two friends sort of two best friends realizing that they actually have feelings for each other and so that's sort of the the payoff of that book is realizing oh wait we're more than just friends here and the second book is sort of okay well now how do we date our a best friend? Like how do how do you go about dating right. someone that you've known for years? How how do you start a romantic relationship when you already basically know everything there is to know about the other person? And so so yeah, so so the the situation hasn't changed for him. His situation still remains the same. It's the second book. It's not like they're gonna get married because it's the second book. They've literally just started feeling for each other so it didn't make sense for them to to cross that moral guideline but because they're now dating there's I guess more lines that can be blurred for him that that they're now in a committed sort of situation that he's more willing to play and do things that he wasn't as maybe or as hesitant to do in the first book so there's more sort of exploration and so I I it is hotter, I think, than than the first book, um, and it it is leading up to a, a final climax, as it were. Um, but I want again, I wanted to 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 kind of highlight that consent and foreplay can be sexy. Yeah, it can definitely be sexy. I mean, the build up part is part is is really half the fun because, yeah. like you said, let's be honest, actual intercourse. Sometimes it's, you know, especially on a page. Now, I'm not saying that in real life right. it necessarily is a couple of thrusts and it's done. Right. But there's only so many thrusts you can write on a page. It's true. It becomes very boring. It's true. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, can, you can change positions and things like that. But the lead up is really the star of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be good at writing, you know, writing that. But for you with, I know with the first 100 kisses and even with second 100 kisses, because you decided not to have them have intercourse. <laughs> um, wrote myself into a corner there. <laughs> you so did. You so, you, like I said, you wrote, you, I'm interested in reading that second book because you wrote that line pretty hard in the first one. And if they went even farther in the second, I'm like, oh my goodness, how far did they push this thing? Because wow. Wow. And yeah, speaking of that, you know, how, where do you draw the line with that? When, When they don't have actual intercourse and, you know, and how did you decide how far exactly how far you are willing to push that without it being it crossing his boundary your character's boundary yeah well that was always sort of a sort of a a checks and balance things like so in the story Mm -hmm. chloe is always sort of checking in with liam whenever they're doing something like oh are you cool with this you know always trying to like give that back out you know Mm -hmm. that you know do you need to use your safe word and cool off and back away because oh I know I love their safe word (laughs) oh my goodness I love their safe word you know you don't really hear about safe words outside of BDSM very often I I love their safe word just had to put that in there (laughs) 
Yeah, I give them a safe, an, an untraditional sort of safe word. You know, it's not a threshold for like pain so much as like a you're turning me on too much. I need to stop. This is I'm I'm afraid I'm going to lose control and I'm going to drop my my moral boundaries. So they have a safe word for 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 when they get too excited. <laughs> so you know, just a little fun little nod to that um but for 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 Liam his his line was was actual penetration that was his line so Chloe knows that that, th- that there's multiple ways a person can have sex with someone without actual penetration so she's like very like are you sure that that is your line because you know it could be argued that there are other types of intercourse that totally count as having sex with someone so just sort of that that checking in and 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 that line right. um so so it was mutual mutual pleasure was sort of their end game um not the method of how they got there if that makes any sense at all <laughs> right what about what about you sherry i mean i know that that you have some pretty steamy books is is there anywhere that you won't go when you are doing sex and stories um well I mean we all have lines as to where they would go whether it's the characters or right. the, I mean I I mean I had certain characters characters themselves that have boundary lines just like your character Liam had, right. I mean Brianna when I wrote her her perspective in Um, my fighting in a series she you know she came from a very horrific abusive relationship I shouldn't call it relationship because it really wasn't a relationship but (laughs) situation Situation, let's put it that situation and um but she just wasn't prepared you know there were certain things that she could not do she was not mentally prepared so in that respect from a character's perspective that's where I would draw the line but from a personal perspective for me, it was, um, it's just what I find sexy and what I don't. And in Brianna, let's taking Brianna's case again, I had readers asking me to write about the time that Brianna and was held captive by Ian and they wanted to see that. Mm. And that's not something that I am comfortable writing at because it would involve sex. It would involve a lot of sex, um, but not consensual sex. And I don't find that sexy. I, I don't, there's no way I could have made that sex. It's not, you know, I write for, I write the types of stories I like to read and I don't want to be, that's not stuff I, something I would want to read. I, I wouldn't want to read about somebody getting raped and tortured and, you know, having snakes dumped on them and things like that it's not something that is appealing to me so yeah that would be where if I don't find it sexy I'm not gonna write it no, <laughs> That's where I, my line is I, <laughs> I, I totally get that and I totally respect that so don't read my upcoming release girl on fire um, yes 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 I know I was reading things I was like now while this sounds intriguing it just does not seem like yeah. my type of story well you know it, it, girl on fire definitely goes into that sort of abuse element from the point of view from the heroine and and let me tell you that was some really hard headspace to oh, yeah. to write 
in um, the trauma of those scenes. And like I said before, like sex, sex scenes, even in an, an abuse sort of situation, they have to be there for a reason, right? They, they can't just be gratuitous, or at least they can't mm-hmm. be for me. And for this story, it was crucial to understanding the horrors that my character Sarah goes through so that you understand the things that she does later on. So it for a, for a plot point, it, it's crucial to understand what she's ex- what she's going through, who's doing it to her. And I think when I was done writing that, I had to write three sweet, clean romances afterward just to sort of cleanse my palate to get out of that because it's not easy to write. And I think maybe that's something that that readers might not understand about authors is that we live and breathe these characters for months, sometimes even years before they mm-hmm. go to print. We're, we're in that sort of headspace and and they become sort of yeah. extensions of us in a way. So if a character is, is crying in a scene, you can bet your bottom dollar that I was crying when I wrote it. I was crying when I edited it. So yep. to write something in that dark headspace to experience that pain and that trauma, that's hard it's intense stuff as a writer yeah it really is and I it's one of the reasons when I when I wrote my my Finding Anna series I actually alternated I would write one of that one of those books and then I would write a contemporary romance Mm -hmm. and then I would write one of those books and write a contemporary romance so I alternated which drew out the series quite a bit it took me seven and a half years to write that series but I'm not sure I could have written it back to back to back. And that's because of the intensity of the emotion. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, (laughs) I counted how many tissues I went through writing the last chapter of the third book. It was a horror. Oh, it was such a traumatic scene for me, but it had to happen. I mean, it had to happen, but it, it was, it was just one of those things that was just like heartbreaking for me because I'm as invested in the story and the characters as my readers are, if not more so because, you know, they're my babies. Yeah. And I, I went through 11 tissues writing that scene. It was, Oh, it was things. But I also feel like, like you were saying with the, you know, writing the scenes in Girl on Fire where you had to write her trauma. I had the same thing with Brianna when I had to write flashbacks of her being raped and tortured. It, you know, if it wouldn't, it's not as, it wasn't as detailed as it would be if I was writing the story of obviously the prequel, but still I had to get into her headspace and feel how, you know, her emotions were in such turmoil and what she was feeling in that moment in order to be able to put that on the page. Yeah. And that, that's very traumatic for the author. It is. It's not, it's not just for, you know, for that, but I felt I had to, you know, it was needed. I, you needed to understand the readers needed to understand what she went through. Like you're saying in order to understand the, the the actual story and why she was acting and reacting the way that she was. Yeah. 
Now, on a little bit happier note, because we kind of went a little dark there. We did, didn't we? <laughs> Way down the rabbit hole. Yes, 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 we did. Now, do you, what are the types of books that you actually read? Do you, do you tend to gravitate towards a steamier, sexy stories or are you just uh, all over the place? Cause I know you're right all over the place. I do. I do. I, <laughs> I am all over the place. Yeah, I, all I, over the place. I am a mood reader. You know, mm. if, if I want to have my heart crumpled and stomped on, I'll pick up a John Green book. You know, if I, if I want to slide, if I'm, if I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, I'll pick up a title that I've read a million times because I know that it's comforting and there's not going to be anything that surprises me. I know exactly what I'm going to get when I pick up a story that I've read before. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if I'm wanting to be swept off my feet, I'll pick up a romance. So I am very much mood based. Um, when I pick up a book, I, I don't stick to one genre. <laughs> at all I'm I'm all over the place um but I do prefer a book if there is a bit of a romance in there somewhere it doesn't have to be the main part of it it could just be a, a glance and the the couple eventually maybe gets together but they don't, might not even be the main couple you know I'm I'm a romance whore in that <laughs> regard so I'm all over it but what about you I mean do you tend to stick to a certain genre or a certain area yes <laughs> You are a one lane kind of gal. What lane do you like to read? Well, I mean, I have read a variety of genres of of the years, and I I wouldn't I don't rule out any genre per se except for horror. I can't. No, I don't do that either. You can't have a romance in a horror. I I have tried. I have tried horror a couple of times because people have been like, oh, you have to read this. This is such a great book. And I'm like, I've never been able to make it through a horror book. It just doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, But overwhelmingly, while I will dabble occasionally in YA or historical romance, which I don't touch very often, um, or paranormal, things like that, I overwhelmingly stick to contemporary and sexy, steamy contemporary at that. I, I have occasionally on accident picked up a sweet contemporary and it is on rare occasion that I actually like them. <laughs> you like to have a little SEX <sighs> is what you're saying. In your I, I, I really do need that. I, I need that. I, I hate when you're like building the relationship, building the relationship, building the relationship. And then it's like, oh, let's kiss. And then it's over. Right. It's like, yeah, no, I need a little bit more than that. I mean, if it's a, now again, it's context because if we're talking, if I am reading a YA, I know going into that, that I am not likely to get a sex scene. I'm yeah. likely to just right. get a kiss or something of the, you know, or even maybe even just holding hands or something like that, you know, the connection, I get that. And I'm fine with that. It's, it's that whole managing of the expectations, I guess you could say, but, um, I, again, I like to, I like to read what I like to write. I like to write what I like to read. Nothing wrong with that. No, you know what no. you like. There's nothing. I wrong do. With that. I do. I know what I like, and so I tend to like those romances that are realistic enough that I can relate to the main characters. Right, the ones that are 
over the top, but a hero can do everything and anything. I mean, right. they, you could possibly think of. Um, they're very hard for me to get into. So I yeah. tend, I also tend to be a very picky reader. I, I mm. my reader friends will actually a couple of them actually refused to ever recommend a book to me ever again because I am so incredibly <laughs> picky. Um, well, it's because you have so, a very specific th- type of book that yeah. you like. And if it doesn't fall in that what you like, then, I mean, that makes sense. I think to yeah. me that makes sense yeah. because you have yeah, a very specific type of book that you're looking for. I just think in general, most readers, right, you know, romance readers because they're such ferocious readers they tend to have a lot more varied palette like most Mm. most uh most of my readers they not only read steamy contemporary they read uh they read paranormal and historical and um some of them are steampunk things like i mean they have such a wide variety of books that they read Whereas I tend to stick pretty close to that one lane and don't really go go to things now. Do you consider yourself a picky reader or are you? I mean, now that's it. We know the genre wise, you're not a picky reader, but as far as content, are you a picky reader? You know, I I used to be the type of person that if I picked up a book, I was going to finish it. Even if I didn't like it, I picked up the book, I bought the book, I'm going to buy it. Now... If I'm not in by the first chapter, if they haven't pulled me in, I give up because there are too many other books that are waiting to be read. And if you haven't managed to get me in on that first chapter, I'm out. Mm. Um, so it, that's that's important to me, I guess, is making sure that that author's voice, I can pick that up loud and clear. And am I going to like this uh, protagonist? or not is this going to be somebody that i'm going to want to take a a full journey with and if i don't then you know it's i've realized not every book i'm gonna like and that's okay i don't have to yeah and so i can just sort of move on um i i I tend to be a a little bit of a, a sucker for dialogue if if a book has a lot of dialogue if it's a dialogue heavy book i'm in because i tend to I think that again, that's part of the actor in me. I'm very interested to know what are the what are the characters saying to each other? How are they behaving with one another? I want to hear their conversations. And if there's too much description in a book, I tend to skip over it and just go to the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so would, I would I would happen to agree with you on that. <laughs> I I cannot stand over description over descriptive yeah. books. In fact, the worst book that I ever had to read in high school. I cannot remember the name of it right now, but I do, but I do remember that it had six pages. The first six pages of this book was a young man standing on a street corner describing what he saw on this street down to the leaves on the trees and the panes on the windows and the cracks in the what do those leaves mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, can we please get on get with the story? Yes. Get there, yeah. So that brings up a good, um, good, good thing to talk about too. Oh, what, what are your some of your pet peeves? 
when it comes to romance and it can be in or out of the bedroom? Um, I think what probably what bugs me is if a relationship isn't earned, if they have not developed a relationship to the point that I care about these two characters and whether or not they get together if the if the relationship feels forced or contrived or I don't believe the words that are coming out of a character's mouth so sometimes sometimes authors and probably particularly newer authors will will use really proper grammar when speaking sounds very robotic right and people don't speak that way unless it's a character trait. If the character is yeah. very proper and speaks that way, then it's fine. But we we contract, we stop, we pause, we, we don't finish our sentences. Things are garbled. So if the language and the dialogue mm-hmm. feels like you've overly grammar checked it, then that pulls me out of the story. And I can't I can't get into the I can't believe the characters because. Right, because they're not relatable. Yeah, you, you you can't you can't see them as a real person. You're seeing them as this, like you said, like this robotic, yeah, non real, you know, non real. You know, again, you can't relate. You just right. cannot relate. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally totally get that. Is that is that true for you too, or is there other things that? Because you are very picky, so I don't know. I what... am. I'm very picky. <laughs> yes, that. Well, that is one of them that I am picky about. Yes, um, but one of my one of my biggest, <laughs> no pun intended, um, is when an author will repeatedly comment on how big the hero oh <laughs> and i am not talking about the his tray and i'm not talking about I, I don't necessarily mind like if it's if it's mentioned the first time right they you know see each other naked right but i'm talking about these times when every time it's seen or felt or whatever. It's like, oh my goodness, he's so big. Oh, he's huge. Oh my god. It's like, is that the only reason why you like him? I mean, seriously, is it that may the be. only reason why you like him is because he's got a big one? Uh <laughs> okay, yeah. so anybody's listening, I did well warn you that you wanted to have headsets. Right. So this is right. this is that was not a, a light warning there. Yeah. Um so <laughs> yeah. um but um, other th- outside of the bedroom, though, I'm also not a big fan of the contrived or petty arguments and misunderstandings that are so, so often found in romance. And I will say, not so much in indie romance, but in like Harlequin type romances and, and definitely romances kind of pre-indie very much that just the misunderstanding it was it's like oh well I heard I heard that you did this or I you know and one simple conversation that would last less than five minutes would clear up the misunderstanding but instead it's blown out of proportion to be like no I can never (laughs) speak to this person ever again I must go away I must hide like come on how how old are we now i mean these are not these are not teenagers that we're writing books about these are again ya is totally different than adult because there's certain things you can you can get away with especially something like that where 
there should there may not be the level of emotional maturity right but when you're talking about characters that are in their 30s or even sometimes 40s and they're acting like that yeah oh that just <laughs> drives me nuts absolutely no, I, I'm, not, nuts. I'm not as like harsh on that like if it if it's done well i guess if if, if the miscommunication is done in sort of a believable way um i like that sort of compelling when one character is thinking the situation is one way and the other character is thinking the situation mm-hmm. is in the completely other way and how they're they sort of act against false knowledge i like those types of stories only because i think it's important to lift up how important communication is if you had just communicated in the first place we wouldn't have had this fight so i mean i like those types of things that i it, it helps learn but i can i can appreciate like if it if it feels like it's a contrived problem and a contrived miscommunication then yeah those yeah. those feel formulaic i guess and they 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 don't they don't yeah. feel well um no yeah they they the ones that are i have seen a few that have been done very well where um especially ones where it's it's an intentional misleading like if some character's trying to break up the couple and they feed misinformation Mm -hmm. to one or both of them then i can kind of see how that is or if somebody finds something that you know maybe is really damning to the other person a lot of the ones that I've read, especially, like I said, I read a lot of indie romances now mm. and I don't see it as much there, but in especially Harlequinesque romances, yeah. I just saw it so much where it was just such a, like I said, a five minute conversation. Well, yeah. And those are sort of, thing. I think, formulaic. Oh. I mean, I think those yeah. types oh, of for definitely sure. follow a, a certain, this is where the, you know, the lines get muddied. And so, I mean, to that extent, I think you're, I think you're right. I think indies uh, don't fall into that, that trap as much. They're not forced to fall into that trap as much. Right. Um, but there again, Harlequin also readers like a certain thing, just like you. So yeah. they like, they want what they want. They like what they like. They don't, I mean, that's why Hallmark movies are so. Oh, I know. It's and the again, same movie. Formula. It's the same thing over and over. It's a rinse and repeat, but people go back. It's a comfort thing. They know exactly yeah. what they're going to expect. They know that there's going to be a miscommunication and they know that everything's going to be fine in the end. So it is sort of an anxiety reliever type of a story. So I get why they do it. I get yeah, why they the, write them. It, it's the whole escapism yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. really is. Now, yeah. you, speaking of communication, obviously communication <laughs> in sex is very important, especially yes. for modern contemporary type pieces. Right. Now, since you're fairly new right. to uh, writing this sex thing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you found to be the most challenging? Uh, yeah, I, it's probably this just the, <laughs> the description. Um, there's only so many ways you can say thrust or lunge or appendage without sounding mm-hmm. stupid, right? So it's it's a it's a tricky bit. How do you how do you keep the scene um, from sounding like a porno, but also keep it hot? I mean, it's it's a hard line to ride. Hard line. Yes, yes, <laughs> and I will say I, I will say one of the outside of 
thrust and lunge and, uh, you know, those types of things, you, you wonder why back in the, the day, because again, you don't see very many more, right. why you ended up getting these very creative terms for manhood. Right. But yeah. it's because there's only so many times you can say, yeah, you know, you can describe Which is it surprising. It's surprising that we don't have more common phrases for it, but we don't. And there are, it's hard to use. I mean, there's lots of words that you could use for an appendage, but it won't sound sexy and it won't make you right. when you're writing it. It doesn't sound, you know. Right, because last thing you want is for your reader to be reading it, and you'd be going right. Like you write that so you write something, and you call it something, and you're supposed to be in this really sexy scene, exactly. And it's like, and they burst out laughing, right? Because of whatever there are you only said. certain <laughs> words that sound sexy and hot, and you have to use those phrases over and over again. It's it's mm-hmm. it's tricky. It's it, tricky. It is very tricky. Now you write in multiple genres. I do. I do. And of course, some are sexy. Yeah. Some are not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think that makes it difficult for your readers to kind of know what they're going to get from you since, you Uh, know, they may get, they may get the, uh, everything up to intercourse or they may get like kissing. (laughs) My poor readers, my poor readers. And it, you know what? It's, it's, it's funny because I've asked my readers time and time again, I'm like, what types of stories do you want from me? Because, you know, what sort of lane do you want me in? Do you really like these types of stories when I'm writing the steam? Do you prefer when I'm writing, you know, romantic comedies? Like, and they're like, whatever, we don't care as long as you've written it. We'll, we'll take, yeah, that doesn't that. help me. I need to know <laughs> what you like because I personally like writing in all the types of genres. So there isn't one that I lean to and go, you know what, this lane feels the most comfortable to me. This is the lane I'm right. gonna stay in. I tend to go wherever the muse goes, which does not help me in the least in terms of marketing because people have no no idea what they're going to get from me in terms of content. But that, I guess, sort of goes to the the, the point of that's why the cover is super important. Your cover really should be conveying what the genre of your book is. You shouldn't have a YA cover if your book is full of sex like it or you 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 shouldn't have a a sexy cover on a YA book if there's not going to be any sex so you really the the cover really needs to convey oh this is going to be a cute one from her or this one's gonna oh there's a hot guy on it oh this one's gonna be you know see me um and blurbs help too but covers really are the 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 sort of first well, yeah, the stop the sign. I mean, they're, yeah. they're the like, Hey, look at me. You yeah. know, this is, this is what you're going to get. And I know that came up when we were, um, you were looking to rebrand your yeah. old series yeah. because when you showed us your covers initially, um, <gasps> we're like sitting here going, what That's is a that? romance? Yeah. That doesn't look yeah. like a romance. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't look like a romance. So I had to change those because, yeah. you know, you learn. And that's one of the things as an author you learn. I mean, that was my first book. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't understand any of this stuff. Ten years down the road, I'm like, oh, I'm learning that that's stupid. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's change that. So, well, Yeah. yeah. Well, my first, my first cover for Behind Closed Doors, which is the first book in my Daniels Brothers series and is a steamy romance, was 
a front door. That was that was <laughs> that was the cover. It was a front door. Yeah. Doesn't exactly convey. Now, if it was a women's fiction or right. you know, maybe. Right. That's but, what I would assume. It would be like a woman's fiction story. Right. But it wasn't. It was a steamy contemporary adult romance. And yeah. Were there I, panties I, on the doorknob of the door? No, okay. It was, well. it was it was literally <laughs> just a a white front door. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, I, I learned after it had been out for about a year, and I was like, yeah, the, I went to my publisher at the time. And I was like, yeah, this cover's not working. Yeah, we 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 need to we need to rebrand this, and it's yeah. just it's it just doesn't say sexy no. contemporary romance right, with a right. door on it. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this: hmm. Is sex in a story ever not needed? Oh, but yeah. Do you ever think there's? Do you ever think there? You know, there's a time when um, when you don't need it, because I've, I've seen some questions floating around in readers groups on social media asking if there's ever such a thing as too much sex. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you, what's your I, I think, I think it, it depends on the, the genre that you're reading. Uh, first and foremost, if you're reading right. an erotica, you're going to, that's, yeah. that's what the book <laughs> is going to be about. It's going to be multiple sex scenes. You just, you're being on that ride. If you're reading a contemporary romance, the sex isn't the, the main thrust of the book. The, 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 those are just sort of elements that are added in contemporary romance. It's the relationship. That's the, the first and foremost. So right. if there's too much sex in a contemporary romance, then to me, it starts to feel like you're in the wrong category. And this, mm -hmm. this is now a book about sex and it's not a book about a relationship. So I think that a, a book that has too much sex can absolutely take away from the story and it just becomes a vessel to get to the next sex scene. And that, is more what erotica is for. Um, right. So yeah, I think that, that, that there can be, um, th there, ne there needs to be a reason. If they're having a sex scene, there needs to be a reason. Is there, is there a reason that this particular sex scene needs to happen right here, right now? Is it advancing the plot? Is it advancing how the characters feel about each other? Or is it just because they're both horny? Right, yeah. Maybe I that can be cut if it's just horny. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I read a, I read a story by a fairly mainstream uh, author, contemporary uh, romance author, sex and contemporary romance author. Uh, it was probably maybe five, six years ago. I'd never read this author before. And, but she, again, she's, she's very well known and has several books, sells very well. And so I picked up one of her sports romances. And this couple was only in a room together, I think two times during the entire book when they did not have sex in the whole book. And so there was lots and lots and lots of sex. And I was like, can this couple not be in the same room together without tearing each other's clothes off? Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think that's it, a, that's a, that's an erotic in my, in my mind. Right. But it wasn't marketed that way. It right. was definitely marketed as an adult contemporary romance. So to me, yes, that, that to me was too much sex. I yeah. mean, there has to be a balance because of the sex takes over again, like you said, it's a category thing. I, I wouldn't expect there to be a, that much sex 
in an adult contemporary romance. Usually the standard is two to four sex scenes in a book for an adult contemporary romance. And that's a lot to write. It is. It is. And I mean, and sometimes, and how I balance it, because, you know, sometimes depending on how soon in the book the characters have sex, Mm. because every book for me is different. I don't write formulaically. So sometimes they'll have sex by the third chapter. Sometimes they'll have sex by the 14th chapter. You never know. But depending on when in that, you know, when it falls, they have sex. They actually have sex more than two or three, two to four times. But I only give you full sex scenes no more than four times. Right. I will, it, the other scenes will be more like, you know, he carried her up the stairs right, to the bedroom right, or, right. you know, he kicked the door shut. You and, can you have know, too much on of the a bed thing. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it, it should be because it shouldn't just be about the act itself. It should be about the connection between yeah. the two characters. Because again, you're not writing erotica. You're writing- Right. You're writing romance. And there is that huge difference where it's the story that should be taking the center stage with the sex whole, you know, helping to support the plot versus it being the main star of the show. So, um, so that connection really has to be involved. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man, what a fun conversation this was, but you know, I'm just looking at the clock and we are, we are basically out of time. So, but before we go, Sherry, please tell us where readers can find out more about you. Uh, you can find all, all about me, my books, uh, sign up to my newsletter, uh, all on my website, which is www.sherryhays.com. Um, it's, we have, I also have a reader group on Facebook. You can, uh, it's Sherry Hayes book club. I have, I post in there five days a week. So you can hang out with me, ask me questions, talk to other readers and, uh, you know, just have some fun. What about you, Danielle? Where can readers find you? You can find me at Danielle Bannister books at wordpress.com and on any social media at Danielle Bannister books. I also have a Facebook group, uh, write all the words, Danielle. And yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place there. So yeah, a little Google search and you will probably find both of us, right? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I, 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 last time I checked that was the first one that came up when you put in Sherry Hayes. So if you can't find me in another place, you can just Sherry with an I. Sherry Sherry with an I. Yes. And Hayes is E-S. So yes. Yes. So, well, join us every Monday at noon. If you liked this conversation and would like to have more, we do have three other hosts that we, we, the five of us rotate. So you get different conversations with different authors every Monday at noon Eastern time, but I hope you enjoyed it and uh, stay bound by books. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.